Well kept and unclean, three dudes, computer screens, talking about memes, dreams, and peculiar things. Smartest podcast ever, or at least that's how it seems. Touching on the hottest topics that the web has ever seen. Selling products, pitching movies, explaining conspiracies. Now would you please pass the word to friends and enemies? You may do so if you please, spread it like a disease. Laughing and lolling, rolling and dropping to your knees. Like and share the show, spread the word, just like some cheese. Keep this podcast flowing like them leaves up in the trees. Like a salmon upstream, you know how it seems. And he keeps laughing and yo, he's got to dream. Welcome back to Well Kept and Unclean, the only podcast that occurs after major trips around the world. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We're back for trip installment number two. And with me today on the electronics to my left is Dylan. Say hi. I saw Kinkajus, the man. <laughs> I tell you what, when you're in the jungle, the last thing you want to do is go through clearing through a bush and see some kinky juice. It's weird with all the curls and the bondage equipment together. It's just <laughs> Is that part of the tour or is that what the, the tour was there to see? <laughs> well, after you go through Amish country, you go to kinky juice okay. country. <laughs> you ride your horse and buggy right into kinky Jew territory. Yep. <laughs> They weren't wearing red hats, were they, with white letters? Because that'd be weird. <laughs> yeah. Make South America great again. Those are country Jews. <laughs> uh, are we in Central or South? Central. Oh, shit. Central it's America. Central? Really? No shit? Yeah, and there are a lot of Amish people there. No shit. Anyway. And who are you? Oh, who is the this stranger? <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm Cole. <laughs> I'm the only one who doesn't get introduced on a weekly basis. Welcome back to the show. After a long hiatus, we're back. We are. Why'd you get the hiatus high for so long? That's how it goes. It's just you go to Thailand and then you get the hiatus when you get back. It's jet lag and hiatus. Like, man, so the two I, side effects. I, I can't take a shit very quick because my my ass is so stoned. <laughs> <laughs> to be forever. fair, after coming back from a place like that, it definitely took some rehab to my asshole. So, oh, yeah. Weigh in on this. You went to a fucking Central American country with... Is it technically a third world country? Uh, developing, I think. But yeah, no, I I didn't have any, any uh, digestional issues while I was there. But after I got back on like the second day back... I, I had some shits from that good old American food. <laughs> what was your What was your first like American meal afterwards? Ah, uh, sh- a shitty cheeseburger in the Houston airport. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Not Houston, but L.A. I had a shitty fucking cheeseburger at a Rockin' Brews in L.A. and it was Ooh. fucking terrible. Yeah, is the food in? I was in Belize. The food for those of you just tuning in and realizing we didn't explain that so far. <laughs> <laughs> I was in Belize, and the food on in Belize, his honeymoon, yeah, on his honeymoon. Mm-mm, mm-mm. So it's primarily rice, beans, fish, and chicken. So it was like beef was a treat after like a week and a half. Coming back, I was like, all I want is a fucking cheeseburger, so bad. And then we get the to the Houston airport, airport, and we have a cheeseburger. But okay. I got to back this up to the flight out to Belize. So we fly from El Paso because it's the closest airport to our wedding venue to 
Houston than to Belize. And the when we get from El Paso to Houston, our plane ticket looks like it looks like we have a two hour layover. Yeah. And we go sit down at this burger restaurant in Houston airport and they like look at our tickets. They're like, We have to check your boarding time to make sure we can serve you on time. And I'm like, All right, well that's a cool that's a good courtesy. Like yeah. sure, why not? And they look at our tickets and they're like, Oh, your boarding time is in like twenty minutes. I don't know if we can make it. And we're like, oh, we shit. could probably do it if you order to go. And we're like, all right, we'll just order to go and eat on the plane. Yeah. And so we do, we put in an order in and she's like, okay, I have to have my manager come over and verify the order. And the manager comes over and verifies the order. And then she goes, goes back to the kitchen and then she comes back a third time and she's like, you know what? I don't think that we can make it in time. She was like, because, of course, I have to order the burger on a gluten-free bun. Yeah. She's like, we could probably do the regular burger, but not the gluten-free burger. And you're like, and, fuck you. You just wasted like, my gluten-free time to go get something else gluten-free. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> I was like, okay, well, just give me a salad or something. So, at least, like, she can have some food. Yeah. And so, she goes back. And then she comes back again. And she goes, actually, I don't think we can do the regular burger either. And we're, like, counting down. And we're like, this whole process took 10 of the 20 minutes you had to make our food couldn't you just make a goddamn burger and right. like i was honestly a little hangry and i was like look if you can't get the burger out we're just gonna we're just gonna leave yeah and like we get up and go but then coming back in the houston airport i was like this time i knew i looked at the ticket and knew our boarding time and i was like all right we have a legitimate like two hour layover i was like we're going to that fucking burger restaurant <laughs> and having burgers <laughs> we were sitting there and i was like this feels like revenge and sam was, was like the yeah, same but- lady uh no oh, it's that's too bad but- you're like we're back and we're fucking getting burgers bitch <laughs> bring them <laughs> And I, and I tell Sam, I was like, this feels like the taste, this burger tastes like sweet revenge. And she was like, yeah, but they still got your money. So they won, right? And I was like, damn it. I did come back and give them my business. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> You're like, well, fuck you. I'm going to tip really fairly because it, it was delicious. But no, fuck you guys. No, but then to top it all off, it was shitty. It was a shitty burger. Oh. <laughs> Do you want to yeah. call out this restaurant by name? Yeah, what was it? Uh, like Papa's Burgers or something like yeah, that well, in the Houston airport. Not not good. Not It's fair. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, man. We came back <laughs> after eating fucking like Southeast Asian food for two weeks and we were like, oh, just like a big fucking juicy, cheesy burger sounds so fucking good. And we were like, Rock and Brews can't miss, right? Like it's 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 fairly well known. We're like, we'll just we'll sit down and get a burger. It was fucking terrible. Like we both ate like four bites, and we're like trying to make the best of it because we're both like, yeah, burgers. And then we like looked at each other. We're like, is this awful? And she was like, this is fucking terrible. And we were like, God damn it. This is so fucked. Damn. Yeah, it was a huge letdown. I literally waited a week and a half for that burger. <laughs> and for what? Well, there's no there's no cheese in Belize, huh? No, there's cheese there. Oh. Did, did you do did it for you the just rhyme? Because it rhymes. No, like, <laughs> I was thinking about it, and then I was like, "Well, that was cool that it rhymed, but that was a legitimate question." You know what? You can't have places 
food that rhymes with the name of your country. <laughs> so there's no cheese in Belize, right? <laughs> oh, shit. That's so funny. There's also no Applebee's in Belize. That's a true statement. Whoa. <laughs> uh, you know, when you head all the way to Belize for your, for your Applebee's fix. Uh, so what did what'd you fucking do there? Look, there's nothing as good in Belize as the Applebee's nacho cheese. <laughs> Please. <laughs> okay. Um, so... The, right when we get okay, we spent time in an area of Belize called San Ignacio, which is like the jungle, and that's where we spent most of our time there. And I learned that a jungle is not necessarily a rainforest. No shit. Oh mm. no, no. I didn't know that. Yeah, well, now you know. Yeah, that's fucking fascinating. The difference is in the rainforest, there's a clear ground level in the jungle. You, oh, it's too yeah. like overgrown with low level brush. That makes sense. Huh. Now you know. Why don't they fucking teach us that in elementary school? I'm not They're sure. They're too busy denying climate change. <laughs> yeah. But I can't tell you how many times I looked at my new wife and said, Welcome to the jungle! <laughs> <laughs> we got fun and games! <laughs> <laughs> but really, I hope you did have fun in the jungle. <laughs> <laughs> Look, they got everything you want as long as you know the names. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit! That's and awesome. uh, and then there's San Pedro, which is like the big touristy island. It's uh, on an island called Ambergris Key, and it's pretty much an island. <laughs> I don't know what else so, to say. It's an island. Help, <laughs> it's in clear blue water. <laughs> help my dumb ass out here. Where is Belize located, like, geographically? I know it's... I know now that it's technically Central it's America. Central. But where, like, what countries border it? Do you know? Mexico and Guatemala. Oh, oh no shit. shit. So, it's, like, actually right there touching Mexico. I did not fucking know that. Yeah, the bottom end of Mexico and the top end of Guatemala... <laughs> and uh, there is one highway that goes from Mexico through Belize to Guatemala and is also pretty much the only paved road in Belize. Wow. No shit. Yeah. Mm. So you're talking about traffic laws in Vietnam last time. And like, yeah. Basically aren't any. Well, Belize, Belize is tra- has traffic laws, but they're basically like, Ain't nobody enforcing this shit. So. <laughs> we have the one road, so pay attention to that road. Everything else is fucking fair game. <laughs> and uh, so, like, we get, we get, we have, you have to fly into Belize City, which, you know, by all accounts, like, you really don't want to stay in Belize City. So we fly into the airport. I'll come back to traffic. And the airport in Belize City, straight up, we're touching down, and I'm like, this looks like the airport in every movie where they're transporting drugs out of Mexico <laughs> or South America. <laughs> like, like it's Narco one- season three <laughs> featuring <laughs> Dylan and Sam. <laughs> yeah. I was like, any number of drug running movies could have been shot at this airport. <laughs> like it looks exactly like you can imagine. There's like a like one single runway and like jungle all around it. That's crazy. <laughs> The airport building itself is tiny, 
and they let you off the front and the back of the plane on these little stair steps onto the tarmac onto the tarmac crazy shit right yeah and our plane is like the biggest plane there all the rest are like little tiny propeller planes and shit fucking nuts damn it's a weird feeling getting onto a plane on the tarmac. You just feel like the president. If, yeah, it feels like a fucking movie. You're like, is this? Are people watching me? Like, get on this plane? This is weird to yeah, use the weird stairs. This didn't feel like a movie where I was the president. This felt like a movie where I was going to meet some dude to load up kilos of cocaine in the plane to take back. <laughs> Johnny, uh, Johnny Depp and Blow. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, hi, welcome to Belize. Hope your asshole is flexible. Come on back. We'll get you checked in. Welcome. <laughs> oh, fuck. So you land here in the airport. And then we got to go through customs. And I found it hilarious. Right when you go through customs, which is very low-tech version of like U.S. customs. There's no fancy equipment or anything. There's just like either they look in your bag or they don't. Wow. And uh, you go through customs, and when we're standing in the custom line, I notice there's graffiti on the wall right next to me that says, Texans go home. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, hey, we have the same graffiti in New Mexico. (laughs) Holy shit. That's so funny. I was like, even in Central America, <laughs> they, no one they hate Texans. <laughs> wow. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, anyway, shit. we go through customs and we decide we're going to stop at the duty free store. Because yeah, why not? I guess tax free alcohol. Only alcohol is way more expensive there. Right. Turns out because it's they have to import it. So Sam sees this bottle of Moe at the duty-free store, and she's like, being a bartender, she knows way more about alcohol than me. And she's like, that's a really good champagne. She's like, that would be like $50 in the U.S. And I look at the price tag, and it's 68 U.S. dollars in Belize. <laughs> and I was like, and she's like, oh. And I was like, whatever. Like, we got plenty of money i was like if you want it let's get it like at least we won't pay belize tax on it it's your honeymoon you got a ball out of control which is 12 percent versus our seven so you know we just say you know on that yeah (laughs) anyway so we get it but now we have to go through the customs line for you have to declare something right and for some reason i was super nervous about going through customs in belize and i was not worried about it at all till we were on the flight to belize and this lady next to us who lives there, she's like a U.S. expatriate down living in Belize. She was like, oh, customs is so fucked right now. She was like, it's going to be such a nightmare. And I was like, fuck, they're not helping. (laughs) (laughs) Not that I had like anything to hide, but I don't know why. That got me really like anxious about going through customs. So we go to the duty-free store, and now we have to go through the line that you go through where you have to declare something, and I see them searching, like, every bag, and so on and so forth, and I'm like, oh, fuck, well, like, I don't know, man, like, I took some prescription medicines, but what if, like, this, that shit's illegal here? Like, I couldn't take Sudafed, because I read that that's illegal in Belize. Huh. Yeah, I read some story about a dude getting, like, three years in prison for, like, bringing Sudafed to Belize. That's terrifying as shit. I was like, I don't want to go to Belize jail because I have allergies. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Anyway, it didn't matter down there. I was totally fine in the humidity in the jungle. 
but my body just hates things I deal with every day, apparently. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> the trees ah, in my only backyard. where you live, motherfucker. <laughs> <clears throat> Did you get through all right? So we're standing in that line, and then this Belizean, Belizean customs officer comes over and grabs Sam and I. She's like, you guys, come here. And I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> They're going to know I have Zyrtec. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't find the fucking balloons and Sudafed up my ass. <laughs> and uh, she, and then she goes, "Is the alcohol the only thing you have to declare?" And I, and I was like, "Yes." And she's like, "Okay, go go to the exit." <laughs> Skip oh, us the whole line and like, nice. And I was like, Damn, Were there that, people there getting like fiercely searched? Because that's one thing I like remember of coming back because we were like, okay. We don't have like much to declare. Like we bought, Renee bought like a ring, and we had like a little like a bit of food, and I bought like some tea and shit. And we're going by, and there's like people who have their like giant suitcases just fucking like splayed open on the floor, and they're just like rifling through like food items. And you're you walk by, and you're like, what the fuck is happening? Damn. Like, are they making you look through all of this shit? Like, what? Is it a weight thing? Is it a customs thing? Like, what the fuck are you trying to bring in that that is making, like, such a ruckus that you have to, like, have your entire contents, like, in a 20-foot circle on the floor? Was there any of that? Or were they just, like, kind of gently checking bags and pushing them through? So, going to into Belize, there's a something-to-declare line and a nothing-to-declare line. And it looked to me like the people in the nothing-to-declare line were just going right in. And they were, like, briefly searching luggage in the declare line. Gotcha. But, I don't know. We just bypassed both lines. So our slightly more expensive uh, champagne got us out of the customs line. Nice. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I'll pay 10 extra dollars for that. Fuck it. <laughs> and uh, but coming back into the U.S., well, we came back in the midst of the government shutdown at like 7 p.m. at night. So they were only two customs officers working. Were they in the playing un un fucking filtered rap music, uncensored rap music? No, they weren't. But they didn't. They didn't search a single person. Everyone don't, just don't walked. Make, don't make that fucking face at me. What does that even mean? That was an article that came out like weeks ago <laughs> from like uh, the government shutdown that like TSA agents and like people that were working for the government and the airlines were just like pumping like fucking uncensored rap over the like intercoms because they were like uh, fucking protesting the government shutdown. Oh, they were like, okay. fuck this. If this is going to still go on, no one's going to tell me not to. I'm going to play all this shit. Oh, huh. I didn't hear about that. But yeah, like <laughs> they had it roped off, so you didn't even go through the like the declare nothing to declare lines when we came into the U.S. Just everyone went through one line where there was one dude who just like everyone was. He just look at you and he was like, "All right, go ahead, go yeah, ahead, go ahead." And then later you would go to another dude who like looked at your passport and you'd just be like, "Okay, go ahead." You got the drugs? The first no. guy was just like, are you a U.S. citizen? And we're like, yes. And he's like, all right, go ahead. And like, I didn't have to declare anything. No one looked in anyone's bag. I was like, huh, if this is the result of the government shutdown <laughs> to fight for the wall over this like paranoid border security thing. Right. Wow. And what the it's actually irony. doing is like totally fucking up all your border security. <laughs> 
That's hilarious. That is hilarious. I never thought of it from that perspective. It's a, yeah, this would be the ideal time to like fucking come through because nobody gives a shit about their job if they're all like furloughed or not. Like, I'd be like, yeah, it's, come on in. I mean, the impression I got is they're like all they had on staff was two people, and they're like, "There's no way we can like handle any of this. Yeah. So just let everyone through. Fuck it. <laughs> Fascinating. Damn." Fucking eh. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe early in the day is different. Anyway, so we're in Belize City, and then we hop in this cab with this dude who's going to drive us two hours down to San Ignacio. And the dude's just driving down the fucking middle of the road at like 80 miles an hour, and he's just swerving side to side to like go around traffic as necessary. Yep. And Sam is like super tense. And I was like, <laughs> all right, well, I mean, this dude probably does this every day, so he's got it down. And like, I was calm about it, but Sam was like squeezing my hand every time <laughs> he would like go past someone. And I was like, okay. I guess this is just how it rolls here. And then that's so awesome. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's so fucking awesome. <laughs> this is the same exact thing. Renee is like, we're gonna die, and I was like, it maybe, but what are you, what are you gonna fucking do about it? This dude's gonna drive how he wants to. Whatever. <laughs> Seems pretty sure of himself. Yeah, I mean, the dude was driving like a very confident maniac. <laughs> yeah. At that point, yeah, why not lean into it and be like, all right, let him fucking roll. Anyway, everywhere we went, like someone was driving us. So by the end of the week, it was like totally normal. Going back to the airport, we had the same driver who drove us from the airport to San Ignacio. And we were both like super relaxed about it. (laughs) This cool. I'm good. But I didn't see like a single speed limit sign the whole time. And the dude seemed to be going just like as fast as he felt comfortable at any given moment. Huh. And But we did pass one of those signs that's like, know your speed. And it has the digital readout of how fast you're going. Or actually, what did it say? But there's no speed limit sign. <laughs> actually, <laughs> So it said how fast we were going, but I was like, does it matter? <laughs> did it tell you in, in kilometers? Uh, no, it was miles per hour, oh, which okay. was interesting because everything else was in kilometers. Yeah. But, huh. I remember like driving through Mexico when I was younger and being like, cool. I don't know what that number meant. <laughs> like, are we, are we going close to that, dad? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> we'll just keep going. We're just kind of going with traffic here. I don't know what the fuck. What does that mean? <laughs> That's fucking and hilarious. Like we went, I had read online that you shouldn't be worried about going through police checkpoints, but expect to hit one and have like oh shit, police officers with AKs like look in the car and shit. Fuck, that's terrifying. And we come. How up could to you a, not worry about that? Well, because everything I read about it beforehand was like, don't worry about it. Like you're not. They don't care. Like they love tourists and shit. Like that's not going to be an issue. Or like they're gonna Crazy. walk up and like maybe check your driver's, like make sure he's licensed and all that yeah. shit, and then they're gonna like leave you alone. And uh, we went through a police checkpoint, but there were no cops there. <laughs> <laughs> Just signs that said like "prepare to stop," and then you get up there and it's like "stop police checkpoint." <laughs> like, but but our dude just like blew right through it. <laughs> 
I was like, I guess even the police checkpoint, like you just you just kind of stop or don't, depending on how you want. And there were like hilarious. no cops there either. I didn't see any. And uh, then we're on the next day or two days later, we're going to the to a cave tour, and I asked our tour guide, I was like, "What's up with the traffic and the police checkpoints?" And he. I was like, well, he went through a police checkpoint, but there were no cops there. And he was like, yeah, it was probably hot out. They probably didn't want to be outside. (laughs) We laugh, but our government is literally shut the fuck down right now. We're like, those lazy sons of bitches. Oh, right. (laughs) No one's working from the Forest Service. (laughs) And it's it's extra hilarious because... what they call in, the, in their local jargon, what they call speed bumps is sleeping policemen. <laughs> <laughs> and by our resort, or not, it's not really a resort, where we were staying in San Ignacio, the main road to it had signs that literally was a picture of a police officer sleeping in the middle of the road. No to shit. Mark the speed bumps. What? <laughs> that's so crazy. <laughs> Oh, fuck. That's hilarious. <laughs> this is non-invasive policing. <laughs> so I, so the dude explained how their traffic laws work, and he, and he prefaced it because saying, he's like, yeah, well, I mean, there's, like, traffic laws, but there's no traffic enforcement. So he's like, so pretty much, like, we just look at it as however everyone else is driving. They're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So he said that it depends on the type of road you're driving on. If it's a like a municipal road, uh, a highway, or an international highway, of course, there's only one major highway, and that's the international highway that goes from Mexico through Belize down to Guatemala. Yeah. And he was like, "So this is an international." So he's like, "On a highway, you know, it's like 35 to 65. You could drive anywhere in that range." He's like, "But this is an international highway, so you can drive anywhere from 65." To 95. But also this highway goes through communities, so it's also municipal, which is like 10 to 35 miles an hour. So he's like, so pretty much you can just go as fast as you just drive where you're comfortable and nobody's wrong. And then he like swerved out and passed around this person driving a tractor down the middle of the road. And they're like, he was like, see, I'm not mad because he's not wrong. Seems like they got it figured out, man. You can go 10 or 95. (laughs) If you're going 5 or 100, you're an asshole. But anywhere in between, that's fucking crazy. It's a big range. Yeah, and but I didn't see any a single car wreck the whole time we were there. So it seems to work for them. It's fair. (laughs) Yeah. I, yeah, you got to give them credit for that. Just go with the flow. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking nuts. Goddamn. And then you had the balls to get in a tiny fucking plane. That shit stresses me out to the core of my being, especially after seeing your pictures of you being, like, <laughs> two abreast in this fucking little death box on wings. That was no big deal. We had to take a tiny plane from... We had to, After San Ignacio, we had to go back to Belize City and catch a tiny plane over to the island. Uh, but you know what, man? For, maybe it's just where it was. It was a very smooth flight. Like They don't go that high up. How long was your flight? Uh, 15 minutes. Oh, that was super short. Yeah, and like we... 
we hit a little bit of turbulence, but because the plane's so small, the whole thing rocks. You don't get like this jittery up and down, like violent shaking you get on a big plane. You just get like this gentle rock. Huh. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I feel like initially I'd be terrified as shit, but it it could it could not be that bad. I don't know. I mean, if it was like a raging storm and the whole thing was rocking back and forth, that might be a little scary. But you ever us, seen it was the just edge, like man? A breeze. It was like, and it was like, like you were in a baby cradle or something, <laughs> or on a swing set. Did you ever see that fucking movie, The Edge? No. Where they're like driving one of those little prop planes through Does Alaska, the edge fight the rock. That sounds like a wrestler it, name. You're really close, actually. <laughs> it's Anthony Hopkins fights a bear, so very close. They're like, they yeah. drive a little prop plane through Alaska and they hit a flock of seagulls. Not the band, like an actual, like some birds. And they fuck the plane up and it crashes and they spend like weeks in the fucking Alaskan wilderness fighting mm-hmm. a bear. And it's Anthony Hopkins and he's like, the bear is Anthony Hopkins? It's literally, he's the bear. No. <laughs> the bear, like, stalks him and shit. It's like that- a metaphorical bear. I thought myself, man. <laughs> no, that that movie, like, fucked me up for, like, planes for a long time. Because I was like, what if they just hit... There's birds everywhere. What if you just hit a fucking flock of birds and you're all dead? I don't know. Terrifies me. But you lived. Nah, Evidently the, the wasn't that was bad. Funny. But the jungle is definitely, if you go to Belize, the jungle is where it's at. The island is like, you know, I've been to like South Padre Island off of Texas or Hawaii. or It was very similar to any of those, only less corporate, I guess. Yeah. There aren't like any big name hotels, although they were building them. But Interesting. Hmm. But the jungle is full of all the cool shit. Like, the place we stayed is called Table Rock Jungle Lodge. Huge shout out to them because it was fucking awesome and I highly recommend it. And they have, like, ten thatch-roofed cabanas there, and that's all they've got. And it's, like, this eco-lodge where, like, all their rain, all the water that's provided is collected rainwater and then filtered and purified. Totally off the grid. They generate their own electricity through solar and they have like a 158-acre area in the jungle, and part of it they've carved out, and they've created a farm. It's a lot of jungle farming, actually, surprisingly. Nice. But they had like all their fresh, like homegrown fruits and vegetables, and like the dining experience was like five star there. It was <coughs> so good, and like because there's only so many people that can stay there, all the people working there like know you by name. Like, the bartender knew us by name by the morning of our first day there. And, like, no, it was cool, man. And they like, go the extra mile. Yeah, they really go the extra mile. <laughs> that place is run by two other Americans who, like, expatted and moved down to Belize. And nice. It's cool, man. It was fucking awesome. That was way nicer than where we stayed on the island. Hmm. And they had, like, <clears throat> the restaurant slash bar there only has, like, a handful of tables and a tiny little bar. But it's in the middle of the jungle. And it's totally open air. Like, there's no walls. It's just a, th- a hut to protect from rain and, like, little curtains they can draw if they have to. Wow. But, like, it was perfect. That's fucking crazy. Like, awesome temperature all the time. It was, like, that perfect between 60 and 70 where it's, like... 
you don't even feel the weather. You just like it's just like exactly right. Damn. Like, yeah. Like it's not hot or cold at all. It's just perfect. And nice. Like, it wasn't super humid. Like we thought it was going to be. That's surprising. Like, I would have great. expected it to be rather humid, but I guess they have a humid season around like August. But hmm. okay. Do they have like seasons as such? Like, do they have like a winter? Well, they Does have it get like cold. This was their winter. No shit. They're Which, like, it's seventy. It's it's cold. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're in the northern hemisphere, just like us. So it was winter for them there, and it. We thought it was really interesting. All the staff are wearing like long sleeves and jackets and shit. And we're like, oh damn! <laughs> yeah, we we're like, oh crazy. This is cold to them. <laughs> That's that true. Crazy, yeah. It's all perspective, man. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, like you left your wedding venue, which had like feet of snow. I know. We went from like <laughs> two feet of snow to the jungle. And all two feet landed on Andy's car. Am I right? <laughs> that was, yeah, just about. <laughs> and I don't know, man. It was fucking cool just being in the jungle. And it rained a couple days while we were in the jungle. But the thing about raining in the jungle is it doesn't make it to the ground. You can hear it raining oh, and hitting all the trees above you, but not feel any of it. Like, whoa, that'd be a trip. Yeah. yeah. To it, just kind of get like more humid and they're like, it's raining. Yeah, like, it wasn't That's even like what that. They tell me. It was like you would feel like once it was one day, it rained really hard for probably like three hours. And walking through that felt like walking through like a light sprinkle on huh. the ground level of the jungle. It's crazy. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Nice. And then there's this big uh, big river right through Table Rock called the McCall River, which is like one of the main rivers. And this is like a massive jungle river. Um, easily like 200 feet across in places. Oh, shit. Like huge. That's a big fucking river. That's a big river. Yeah. <clears throat> and we later swam through it to get to a cave. So that's fucking cool. Have you swam through a jungle river into a cave? Definitely no. not. <laughs> have you? I have not. No. That's right. I have. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't terrified of like fucking alligators and shit? They only have those near the coast. Oh, okay. They're yeah. like, they don't fuck around with what's, the deep waters. Yeah, what's, the re- what's the reason for that? It's just, I don't know, man. It's just the way it is. Huh. Other people have asked about piranhas. There's no piranhas either. Hmm. So on our third day there, we we go to or our second day there, we go to this p- cave called the Actun Tika Mikal Cave. Bless everyone, you. <laughs> <laughs> everyone just calls it the ATM Cave, mm. and, and to Ask get to it, Ass to Mouth Cave. <laughs> so it's very Please cool. Swim up the ass to climb it in the mouth or something. <laughs> There's uh to get to this cave you have to go with a guide. You're not allowed in without a guide. And there's only 25 people in the entire country of Belize that are licensed to guide that tour. No oh, shit. That's and fascinating. No guide can have more than like 8 people with them. But our guy we got lucky and we were the only two with our guide. Nice. Yeah. And he really rushed us to like get ahead of all the other groups. So we got to be the first people in the cave for the day. And nice. we were like a good 30 minutes ahead of the group behind us. Fuck yeah. So we had like a solo cave experience. It was pretty cool. That's cool. Did you, did you play the honeymoon card? 
or no, did, did it just happen naturally? It just happened. Yeah. Can I, did you play the honeymoon card like at, at all while no, you were there? Really? We didn't. Yeah. You did it wrong, man. <laughs> you got to tell everybody. Like when you get to the hotel, you have to be like, "It's our honeymoon. What can you do for us?" And they're like, "Uh, we'll we'll send champagne and strawberries to your room." And you're like, "Yeah, that's well, right." Well, okay, I can't <laughs> dinner. I can't. Hey, it's our honeymoon, and they're like, "Uh, dessert." And you're like, "Yeah, fuck yeah." I can't say that we didn't do that because I did do that. I just prearranged all that before we got there. Okay. So like that counts. I'll take that. When we got there, we had like flowers in the room and a bottle of wine and chocolates. And like, they went all, all out. I thought it was going to be like a bouquet of flowers on the bed, but it was like they had taken flower petals and put this big heart on the bed and spelled out my love and like sprinkled flower petals everywhere like all over the cabana even in like the bathroom and on the toilet and stuff. <laughs> there's just tons of flower petals and flowers everywhere and sam was like so impressed she, she didn't know about any of that and then i also arranged for a private candlelit dinner one night and that was not like i thought it was going to be like a candle or two on a table it was like <clears throat> i don't know at least a hundred some odd candles they placed out like the whole pathway to the table. And then we're sitting down there and the table is probably two thirds covered in candles. And there's just like all these candles laid out in the jungle all around us. And it was fucking cool. That's cool as fuck. That was romantic as shit. See, you, you played the card. You just didn't do it in the moment. You preemptively (laughs) played the card. You have to play the card though. Yeah. You have one fucking chance, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool as shit. I did see those pictures and it looked fucking awesome to have that. They had flowers and shit on the table with all the candles. It's cool. Yeah. It was really fucking cool. Anyway, I want to tell you guys about the cave. So, you look like you have something to say. No, I want to hear about <laughs> I'm interested in You're hearing about the enthusiastically kid. nodding. <laughs> you like nodded and got closer to your microphone. So I was like <laughs> Nope, just my ears. <laughs> <laughs> so to get to the ATM cave, you have a forty five minute hike. And in that hike, in the very like first five minutes of it, you have to cross the McCall River, which is like Probably, uh, I don't know, half a football field wide at that point. And yeah. it's deep enough that you that I had to swim. But they have a rope, so if you can't swim, you can pull yourself across and wear a life vest. But we were like, nah, we don't need life vests. We can handle <laughs> this shit. And my family just, you know, has decided that I don't know how to swim. <laughs> I can vouch for this. this they were worried. At, like family dinners. They, they, They've been they worried for like nine I, months. <laughs> that I'm not capable of swimming. And also that I have fat sausage fingers. <laughs> they told me I should take you to the gym so that you could get in shape so you wouldn't drown in Belize. I I, I sat on this information for months until this moment, and I'm so glad I have a moment to express it to you. 
Because <laughs> everyone was like, you should just, you should just subtly like invite him to the gym <laughs> yeah. so he doesn't fucking drown when he goes snoobying. Oh and I was like, he's a grown fucking man. Like, he's not going to drown. And they were like, but, but maybe, <laughs> maybe you should teach him to like not drown. And I was like, I can't fucking swim either. <laughs> like, yes. I will fucking drown in a river. <laughs> They asked the one guy who literally <laughs> can't swim to teach At me all. to swim. That's <laughs> exactly what I said. I was like, I don't know where you're trying to get with this. I will fucking die. I can't impart any knowledge. <laughs> then we'll fucking both die. I don't know where my mom got this idea that I don't know how to swim. Because it's, it's not your mom. It's everyone. Every, not a single fucking one of them had okay, faith that you well, were going to come back from this not dead. All, all three of them, I guess, somehow decided that I'd never learned how to swim. I don't know how to swim, despite... Having gone to swimming pools with all of them for much of my childhood. <laughs> like your mom, like, and I distinctly remember, lessons. like, my parents putting me in swimming lessons. <laughs> oh, fuck, I'm dying. And my mom would be like, Well, how are you going to do the, the cave if you can't swim? And I was like, I fucking can swim. <laughs> She's like, No, you can't. <laughs> The utmost concern of all of them. And I was like, no, he'll be fine. And they're like, are you, he's, he can't swim. <laughs> I was like, these tours are made for like fucking 80 year old retired fat people. Like they're literally all like, they have to keep human beings alive through the process. <laughs> I mean, like, I'll be when you like read about the ATM cave tour, it says like strenuous physical activity recommended to be like highly in shape and so on and so forth. But no, like, like I am, I'm not like a big dude and I occasionally go to the gym, but I wouldn't say that I'm any level of really in shape, but like, (laughs) but I can swim. (laughs) And honestly, like, the whole thing was easier than any, like, hiking trail in the New Mexico mountains. It was, like, no big deal. I was like, that was so easy. And Sam was like, well, yeah, if you were, like, a big fat guy, that would be hard. (laughs) I was was like, yeah, but you all doubted my ability to do, to walk 45 minutes on flat ground. (laughs) And swim through a river. Oh, man. Oh, my God. I'm fucking dying, man. So, I'm here to go on the record and say, (laughs) yes, I can swim, and my fingers are perfectly capable of gripping (laughs) enough to climb rocks in a cave. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck. That's so awesome. Anyway... (laughs) Are there like pictures of you like swimming with like two thumbs up, (laughs) one middle finger and one thumbs up? (laughs) This is for you, mom. (laughs) No, but I should have gotten that. No, I wish I had. Oh, man. But I did. Goddamn. I did right after the cave. I immediately texted my mom and I was like, oh, by the way, I can and did swim. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's incredible. Through the river. <laughs> Time difference, it's like 4 a.m. She's like, he's alive, I guess. <laughs> Fuck. That's oh. so good. <laughs> Proud of you. Proud of that swimming. <laughs> so going through this cave was like like real life Uncharted or Tomb Raider or Ooh. I don't know what, what other Pirates of the uh, Caribbean, was, man. Nah, that's what it looked stone. like. Not, that's an old not one. so much pirates, but like Romancing because the it was such a fucking adventure. At the end of this cave is this really important Maya, Mayan site, and I'll tell you about that. But Sam really loved the Mayan stuff, but for me, it was like the adventure of getting through the cave was so fucking awesome. So to get to the mouth of the cave, it's on a bend in the river, but it's kind of cliff-like around it so you cannot get to it anyway but to like wade through the river it's shallower there and you wade through the river into the mouth of the cave and then you immediately have like 20 feet of swimming to get to a boulder in the cave and from there you have to climb up over the boulder and then the rest of the cave is constantly changing between areas you have to swim through Areas where most of it's got water, but most of it is like ankle or knee deep. So you can wade through most of it. And then there are areas that you have to swim and areas where you have to do some very light rock climbing. But in the midst of it, it felt badass. It was like, boom, swim through, climb the rock, find the Mayan pots, get the relics, avoid the traps. (laughs) But they all make it very easy. The guide, like, you get to this one part that's probably the most rock climbing you have to do. You have to go up like about, I don't know, maybe 15 feet vertically. It's just straight up. But he makes it very easy. He's like, okay, watch me. He's like, put you one foot here, one hand here, foot here, hand there, foot here, and then there. And you just go right up. He's like, I call it the elevator. And you just boom. But you do have to do this thing where you have like legs split across from one side to the other with like a ravine in the middle and like go up the elevator. Nice. But that was fucking cool. That's cool. Yeah. That does sound that that sounds like Yeah. That would be my favorite part. Yeah. And it's, it's much different than like the, a, like a tour through a cave where they're like, stay on the path now. <laughs> and you're like, God damn it. Yeah. And we <clears throat> because we were ahead of all the other groups, like it was basically like just the three of us in this cave. And because we were the first ones in the water was totally undisturbed, so it was like crystal clear. Like you could see right mm. through it. And That's we saw cool. like freshwater lobsters in the cave, Ooh. just like cruising around near our feet and like catfish and stuff. Nice. That's Fuck, that's sick. cool. You had like headlamps, right? Because it's like dark as shit in this cave. <laughs> yeah, they give you headlamps and a helmet. You have to wear a helmet with a headlamp on it. But between. Your Was that for your ability? They were like, we saw you swim and we're going <laughs> to have to put this helmet on you to go in the cave, sir. You're like, good thing we have a safety stash of helmets. Your mom called and uh, here's a helmet for you. No one else has to wear it, but <laughs> we've been instructed. <laughs> oh, man. No, everyone... How long like was the cave, though? Like From the beginning, from, from the A to the M. <laughs> okay, from the entrance of the cave to like the end of the Mayan site is probably like an hour and a half. No shit. Of travel time on foot. 
Yeah, that's, that's cool. a fucking long way. It's a fucking you get pretty deep in down in there. Yeah, fucking a. Also, it was at sea level or just barely above sea level. So, like, I'm from the mountains. I wasn't even winded the whole damn the whole time. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in all fairness, I did like hit the gym to prepare, and I was like, "All right, I know I have like at least an hour of." hiking between stops probably and i was like all right i'm gonna set my goal in the gym to do like an hour on the treadmill at my target heart rate without stopping and i did that before we went and then going there i was like fuck i like didn't even break a sweat (laughs) dude that's so funny because like before i went to fucking thailand like one of the things we were supposed to do was go on this fucking um we were supposed to go see a, the Tiger Temple, which was like 1,200 steps up in the yeah, fucking air. Yeah, I want to go see the Tiger Temple so bad. I Yeah, it, was, it looked fucking cool. So, the, I went to the fucking gym, and I was like, part of what I was going to do to like get ready to go to Thailand was get on the fucking Stairmaster and count my goddamn steps to go up 1,200 fucking steps so I could do the Tiger Temple. So, I yeah. did that. Like, leading up to that, I was like, I went into the gym like a couple times a week, and I was like, cool. Knocked out 600 steps today. I got on the treadmill, did my shit. We never went on the fucking Tiger Temple. Oh, <laughs> we got there, we were like, the beach looks so much better today. Fuck all of that climbing and shit. So, I'm I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you that you <laughs> followed through on it, because I fucking didn't. <laughs> yeah, that was the best part of the trip. Weren't there, like, skeletons and yeah. shit up in there? So, if you guys, if you want to turn this into a history podcast for a second, I will explain to you why this cave is so important. Yeah. Um, And I will also say that if you're thinking about going to Belize and you're out there listening, go now so you can do this shit because it's not going to be open forever. They opened it to the public in like 2008 and there's only 25 guides and there will never be any more so as soon as they all no retire shit. that's the end oh wow yeah so they're like, not like training anymore like younger actually, generations like of 2004 cuz our guide had been doing it for 14 years nope they're not going to train fascinating the impression i got was there's no intention from the belizean government to ever train any more guides interesting huh. i mean is it just to protect yeah to keep it from getting destroyed by tourism and stuff Hmm. makes sense you can't really fall i guess you can't fault them for that so after all the adventure of the cave you get to a point where they make you take off your shoes and we had these cool like water shoes slash hiking shoe hybrid things they're fucking awesome god damn i can't wait till summer because i'm gonna wear those every fucking day amphibious (laughs) amphibious shoes i did not know that was a goddamn thing but evidently it is they're awesome they're hiking boots that you wear barefoot and they've got like this water shoe style mesh all over them Mm. so they dry fast and you get like a nice cooling breeze through them yeah they're like I don't know. They're just Ideal. so damn comfortable, but awesome for adventuring at the same time. Big fan owner like, here. Got some too. <laughs> I was like, those are going to be the shit in the summer. Fuck yeah, they are. And they're like super lightweight too. Yeah. They're like lighter than tennis shoes. They're the fucking jam. Mm. Yeah, so. they're fucking awesome. So get a pair. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> this episode sponsored by, I don't even know what brand, Solomon? Or- Mine are Merrill. Okay. But Solomon makes Solomon slash Merrill. Amphibious shoes. Mm. Andy, mm. get on board. Mm. 
call yeah. yourself an outdoorsman? Do you even have amphibious shoes? Piece <laughs> I do of have shit. water shoes. Dude, you get those not the same. cross no, amphibian <laughs> hiking shoes and you see a river and you're like, I'll just go right through that shit. And then I'll just and pick I'll keep up my running. shoes on. Yeah. So I will pick up running on the other end like it never happened. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so you get to this point where they make you take take your shoes off, and then from there you walk in to another little area of the cave, and it's all Mayan artifacts from there on out. And there's like four, basically rooms, for lack of a better term, full of Mayan artifacts, and each room goes back approximately a hundred years. So the first room you walk into, everything in there dates to like seven fifty A.D. And what's unique about this cave is all the artifacts were left exactly in place. So they were all dated and tested without being excavated. Huh. So nothing was pulled out. That's pretty fucking cool. And the cave was discovered in like late late 1980s. I want to say 87, but I'm not sure if that's right, but it's the year I was born. So I'm going with it. (laughs) <laughs> own it no there's not a single person here is gonna argue you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but they didn't like the guy who discovered it apparently didn't have a degree in archaeology and he was from from britain and i guess in the uk if you don't have the correct degree you can't be recognized as the discoverer of an archaeological find so that's he a went fucked up rule. Yeah, so he went shit. back to the UK and then did four years of college to get an archaeology degree, so he could go back to Belize and then announce he discovered the site. That's a long haul, man. To yeah. go back and like be in school, <laughs> like fuck, like year three, you'd be like, God, I hope somebody didn't show up there and like claim this shit. <clears throat> so it was discovered in the eighties but not recognized until, like, the early 90s. Fascinating. How the fuck did nobody find that in that time? Well, uh, the story we were told is the cave was, like, referenced in stuff that they'd already found from Mayan stuff around Belize, because there's a lot of Mayan stuff. But no one had... So the cave was, like, believed to exist, but no one had found it yet. And this guy like put the clues together and found it straight up Nathan Drake style, I guess. That's fascinating as shit. And uh, was it hard to find, or did they just like well once they once they found it in the eighties, were they like just fuck it, let's we're building a road. This is how it's like they have a very well maintained trail to get to it. Okay, very well maintained. How long was it? But. The trail to get to it? Yeah. About 45 minutes. It's not bad at all. But, like, you think of, like, New Mexico trails, like, it's one person wide. No, this, you could easily fit, like, six people wide. It's a big fucking trail. But still, you think, like, to clear it and maintain it. You'd think you would be, like, six hours into the jungle if nobody had found it until the 80s, and then nobody found it in that four years while he was studying and shit. Like,. 45 minutes seems like deep, deep, some fucking drunk ass hiker could be like, oh shit, look, a cave. Like, yeah, no, I mean, bodies in the mesa here. Like, at that time, like, this is 45 minutes from the parking area. At that time, like, the parking area and the road to it, all that wouldn't have existed. So, yeah, so yeah, pretty impressive, but it's crazy. It's fucking crazy. Anyway, so then, like, 
for they didn't have it open to the public for a very long time and the Belizean government I guess was opposed to ever opening it to the public but the archaeologists who were working on it uh decided to propose to the Belizean government that they would train the guides and create a test that the guides had to pass and only guides who received the training and passed the test could do it, could give a tour. And that's, and so the Belizean government agreed to that. And I guess like 50 people applied and 30 some odd passed the test and then only 25 were selected. Huh. So the dude who like led our tour, that's all he does is that tour every yeah. once to, one to two times a day, every day for like the past 14 years. I think it was like 20, 2004. It must've been that it opened to the public. Cause he's like still enthused about it. Oh yeah. Dude. The guy seems super enthusiastic. I would think, yeah, I would think you would fucking live and breathe that. Like I'm pretty sure lore. like of all the guides that we had for different things, like this dude was probably making the best living too. Like I'm sure so he doesn't work for the government. He works for a tour company. But I'm sure if you're one of 25 people in the entire country who's ever going to be licensed for that tour, you can kind of just tell them whatever. You kind yeah. of set your own wage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And every tour company is going to like want you. Because <laughs> this costed money, right? Like, you yeah, paid it was for like this 300 tour. bucks for the two of us. Goddamn. So, yeah, you think they're doing, what, 50 people a day? He said it most maybe up to 150 people a day. 150 people a day? That's an insane amount of money. How much is that? Uh, fucking $4,500 a day? 150 at 300? 150 people a time? No, it was like 150 per person. So that's $22,500. Oh, but that's shit. not like the guide's not taking 150 people a day. He took right, the two right, of right. us that day. So that's $22,000 split amongst the government and the, the 25 and the guides. Yeah. And, yeah. That's still, that's a shitload of revenue a day. A day. <laughs> Yeah. But back to the history, too. Apparently, before this cave was discovered, the idea of human sacrifice by Mayans was never proven. Hmm. And this cave holds the proof. And that's why it's so archaeologically important. Damn. So Hmm. prior to that, they'd seen references. And I guess they had found fingertips and finger bones that appeared to have been cut off. And that was all they had to go, like, Mayans did human sacrifice. Mm. But they had never found, like, any actual evidence of it. So you start this cave, at the first room you enter, everything dates to, like, 750 AD, which is the time in Belize where the Mayan civilization was doing heavy deforestation and starting to, had basically started a famine. So, what was going on in the Mayan civilization in Belize was basically like heavy competition between cities. So, one dude would build their temple high, and the next city over would build theirs higher, and the next one would build a higher one, and so on and so forth. And it led to ultimately like 
deforesting Belize to the point where the Mayan civilization fell because they had no natural resources left. Huh. Keep in mind, this is like 2,000 years ago. Mm. So 2018, 750 AD, a lot of time has passed. That's why it's a jungle again now. Um, so they're running out of like trees, huh. basically, in Belize, and it's causing climate change, and they start to have trouble growing food. And the Mayans believe that the caves are the access to the underworld, Ooh. which they call Shibalba. And they believe this because they believe the earth to be flat, <laughs> as, as we know it is. <laughs> so, that's why they're extinct. <laughs> so naturally, like when you go below the earth, you're going into the underworld. Hell yeah. And it's dark under there. And the sun, that's where they think the sun goes at night, is it goes down into the caves and stuff. So they start um, taking the offers to the gods into the caves because they think that's where the gods reside. And they first, in this first room, all the offerings are pots full of corn, basically. This corn is like their primary crop, and they also believe that humans are made from corn. Oh. Maze, brah. Maze, yeah. maze, mazes? It's amazing. <laughs> so you see pots full of that used to have corn in 750 AD. And then you go back into the next chamber of the cave, which is bigger than the first chamber. And everything there dates about 850 AD. And there you start to see pots that when they tested them, they had contained blood. No shit. And smoke. Mm. And you can still see smoke on like the ceiling of the cave in some places. And what they figured out they were doing in there is they were basically bloodletting, not large amounts of blood, but small amounts of blood that they would drip onto some paper analogous material they had, and they would put it in these pots, and they would take them to the cave, and they would burn it. Hmm. Fuck, that's terrifying. And like, that's some Indiana Jones shit. <laughs> like, goddamn. That's a fucking terrifying thought. People being like legitimately sacrificed and doing like blood sacrifices. Well, this isn't like, people dying. This is still people like, like pricking their fingers and dripping the blood onto the paper and burning. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're not to people dying yet. Yet. And spoiler alert, <laughs> but you know, given this is well kept and unclean, and there's one thing we have to talk about every episode, uh, our guide told us that for males, the traditional place to prick yourself for bloodletting was the dick. Is that why they call it a prick? <laughs> yep, because of the Mayans. For women, it was the tongue. Oh, they got a easy or the ears, hmm. huh? Ears, do your anyway. ears bleed that much? I guess it. I guess well, it, I don't know. Try like a head out. wound, maybe. Try I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so you go into the second chamber and you see that, and then you go into the third chamber, and there you start to see skeletons, and there's a skull embedded in the ground there that has the elongated skull shape. Oh, yeah, ooh. and this was That's apparently crazy. the first site where they ever found that. Like, the Mayan drawings all show them with that shape, but they had never seen an actual skeleton before. But they found them here. And what our guide told us is that those skeletons 
with the elongated skulls would have belonged to like the, so- the social elites and the ruling class and the Mayan civilization. The common folk didn't do the skull elongation. Okay. So what that means is those were skeletons that were most likely captured hostages of competing Mayan cities. Mm. Huh. Fuck, that's fascinating shit. Yeah, that were taken down in there and then sacrificed. And then when you get to the deepest point in the cave, that's when you start seeing uh, skeletons that are believed to have been willing sacrifices instead of captured sacrifices. Oh, fuck. Because all the captured sacrifices, they're basically like in a pile of bones. And what they think they did is they tied your hands to your rip, to your ankles so you were in a like bent over touch your toes position and then they would all and they would just like bash you in the skull cuz all those ones have like a puncture wound oh, in the skull god damn it's metal as fuck man Jesus. and then in the very last deepest part of the cave the most intact you see the most intact skeleton and it's like perfectly intact the only thing it's missing is like fingers and toes and uh because those are small bones. And it's just laying on the ground. Like, it looks like someone just laid on their back and died. And they believe that to be, like, willing sacrifice. Probably, like, yeah, bled out. Damn. And that is occurring. At, that one dates to, like, 950 AD, which is after the Mayan civilization has experienced deforestation, followed by famine, and now drought. And is basically on the verge of collapse. The Mayan civilization collapses shortly after 950 AD. Maybe I slept through history class, but <laughs> I never. It's it's fascinating to me to to think that that region of the world deforested to the point where they like wipe themselves the fuck out. Like that did not teach us that. Okay, for I was it's in your not, history class. And maybe we were fucking around that. together, but I yeah. don't remember that shit. I, I, I was ne- always under the impression that there was like always like a shit ton of trees and jungle and all that shit. Always, because if you like consider like like if you're like in Mexico or that the area, like the the land is much wider. I mean, I guess as you're getting into Central America, like you're sort of. I just have less land. <laughs> See, like, if you're spreading outwardly, like, if you're going to run into, like, opposing tribes or whatever, you're sort of, like, pinpointed into a smaller area. And then I guess if you don't expand properly, then you're just, like, fucked. Well, isn't it scary that we think about, like, environmental disaster? And that's basically what ended yeah. the Mayan civilization. It is, because so, I never fucking, I never knew that that was an aspect. I always thought it was, like... The other, like, fucking, you know, the Spanish and shit, like, other peoples and other, like, outside events, not like, oh, they fucked themselves because they deforested themselves. and Yeah, so what happens in the bigger history is, like, around 950 AD, that's where the Mayan civilization collapses in Belize. And all the people who are living at that time, they flee to Mexico or Guatemala where there's less deforestation happening. but um, huh. And that's how you get the Spanish coming in and wiping the Mayans out with, like, smallpox and stuff like that. That's happening in, like, Mexico and Guatemala. Interesting. So it starts with deforestation and ends with disease. But like, yeah, 
there's a good hundred years when there's no more Mayans left in Belize before they're gone. That's that really stuff's happening in like that's Mexico. crazy. Huh. So those like so, but they also have like overpopulation now in Mexico, and they also apparently had massive overpopulation in Belize too. So, uh, like one, the Mayan ruins we went to is called Zunintunich, and they said they believed there were potentially up to three million people living in that one Mayan city. Huh, and. The whole site is like the size of, you know, Santa Fe. Fascinating. Like tiny. Yeah. Like Albuquerque is 800,000 with all surrounding areas. So that's a fucking massive amount of people crammed in one small, like Santa Fe is much smaller than Albuquerque. Three million people in that kind of size yeah. area yeah, is nuts. fucking it's a lot insanity. of people living yeah. on top of each other. So Belize is like the heart of like where the Mayans once were the most. I can't say that for or, sure, but just huh. sounds, but it I sounds it, like a geographic. What I understand from the learning uh, from the learning I done did on this here trip <laughs> is they had like massive overpopulation, famine, deforestation, and drought, and then all those people eventually just fled out of Belize, and that leads to overpopulation in all the other Mayan cities, which makes disease spread easily. Yeah. Like, Damn, that's. Some- bananas shit right there that's fucking crazy right i wish i would have paid more attention in history class Dude, I'm, they did not teach us that in history class. i don't feel like i learned much in history class like you 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 get like the such the high level of the mayans you're like hey there are some mayans then there weren't some Mayans. <laughs> <laughs> That's like basically what history then, was. Then there were the Spanish, <laughs> and then there were no more Mayans. Yeah, the Spanish raped a lot of people. Then and soon thereafter, people. there was Santa Fe. It was like, well, I think we <laughs> yeah, skipped like a lot yeah. of steps. <laughs> yeah, it was like, like 500 AD to like 1600 in like a chapter. <laughs> and then there's Santa Fe. You know Santa Fe, right? That's our capital. You're like, yeah. that doesn't doesn't help me with anything in the middle <laughs> oh shit oh. well that's yeah. really cool that's very sounds like a very uh not only adventurous trip but also a knowledgeable trip it was man yeah um, i do have some questions for you though about your honeymoon in general okay are we almost out of time we're just gonna have a long one we're gonna have a long Let's one go. All right. i'll answer I Question can tell stories one. for at least another podcast at this rate. We can do it in two parts. That's fine. All right, let's go. Questions. <laughs> Question one. I noticed you had a lot of writing on your car when you got back that you had somewhat cleaned off. How were the looks when you were driving to El Paso in your car marked up Just Mary? <laughs> <laughs> By the next morning after the wedding, it was already like destroyed. Oh. So, I I think I heard Andy. You, you were part of that writing on the car. I was involved. <laughs> so the night after the wedding, it had it snowed a little bit, or it had rained. So at like six in the morning when we were leaving, it was just like 
It was like the car was bleeding pink. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Most of the writing was pretty much washed out. Oh. Just like pink trails all the way down. Oh, that's too bad. Because coming back from my wedding, my fucking car got written on and it was like four hours of awkwardness back to here because every person that drove by would do that like slow look into your (laughs) eyes as they drove by and we're like hung over and just like, can you not like fucking stare they would and it was yeah it would be like a whole car full of people and like four of them would look over at you and like make eye contact it was like god damn it so i i had to ask (laughs) yeah sorry sorry guys that didn't turn out the way you planned i guess but um (laughs) but it was still equally awkward because i kept wondering what people were gonna think had happened to that car (laughs) (laughs) like what cartoon animal died (laughs) had their blood splattered all over the back of this fucking car (laughs) yeah and sam told me she was like monique said they were gonna tie cans to the car too but they forgot and i was like thank god <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's a long drive to fucking El Paso with cans on your fucking yeah. car. Yeah, there was a, there was a definitely shortage of resources in that city, or like cans would have been more easily achievable. That's fair. Question two, gotta ask: Did you make did you make a little baby out there? <laughs> I only ask because this is the first in a long series because people love to ask this question after you get married and it's not going to stop for fucking years. When are we going to have kids? Yep. Yep. Uh, People have asked already, but I mean, there was some pretty hot honeymoon sex. Just throw the condoms to the wind and just (laughs) blast them out. Blasting well, I mean, out Belize loads. Belize loads. <laughs> She's still on birth control, so I'm not worried about it. Fair enough. Belizean babies, dude. Belizeans. But yeah, there Legions was Legions of Belizeans. We had a very drunken night on the island. We shut down the bar. So the place we were staying on the island had this little uh, dock that went out to a little bar. And we shut down the bar. And racked up like a $200 US bar tab. When you say you shut down the bar, do you mean... I mean, we were the last two people in the bar. Okay. Like that, the guy leaves I'm, you the yeah. keys to the boat, dude, and shit. Is I'll just lock it up. That's man. literally what I was envisioning. There, where the the one employee's like, "Oh, they're fucking. I guess we're shutting it down. Close it up. We're out of here. Let them do their thing." And mind you, like. This place shuts, everything kind of shuts down around like 10 p.m. Yeah. Uh, so it wasn't even that late. But we were pretty trashed by like 7 p.m. Because <laughs> I remember Sam being like, what time is it? And we looked at my phone and we're like, oh, shit, I thought it was like midnight. <laughs> <laughs> there was this. So, uh, I mean, this bar can hold maybe 20 people at most. And. You know, only nine can actually be at the bar top at a time, but it's cool because it's 20 feet out on the ocean and like. Nice. Waves all around you, except the water is extremely calm, so it doesn't like bounce. It's just out on the ocean. Mm, that's and cool. there's this like super drunk dude from New Jersey. We go out there to go have dinner. This is like also where you eat for their restaurant. And at first, this dude was like super annoyingly drunk. 
and like all over the place. And I made some comment to some other random dude in the bar. I was like, who wants to take bets for how long till he falls in the ocean? (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Anyone take your bet? And then everyone just started talking about how drunk this dude was. And then everyone just started drinking a lot too. And then at some point, like Sam and I are taking tequila shots, which is the first time in the entire five years we've been together that she has ever taken a shot with me without Renee there. (laughs) She like won't take shots unless Renee's there to make her do it. I take a small amount of vicarious pride in that. (laughs) So like I, I told this was after we'd been like snorkeling and snooping and shit all day. And it was like hot and in the sun. And I was kind of in like a shitty mood by the end of the day. You know, I like went and took like a 20 minute nap and a shower and came back out and she was like at the bar and I was like, take tequila shots with me. Nice. So I was like, I'm going to drink some tequila because it's going to wake me up and hopefully put me in a better mood. And it did. And we get like five shots in each on our own. And then this guy from Jersey is doing his thing and he's getting the entire bar drinking and then everyone's buying everyone's shots and like... Nice. nice. It just spirals out of control from there. <clears throat> and it's probably like the drunkest night we've ever had together. <laughs> so we end up being the last two people in the bar because pretty much everyone else goes off to dinner or go back to the room or whatever. And we close it down and I like go to pay the bill. And he hands me the bill and it's like 200 bucks. And I'm like, and I'm like, oh, well, that's just Belizean, right? Because like, that's going to be like nothing. He's like, no, no, 200 US. And I'm like, oh, Fuck. <laughs> and he was like, is there a problem? And I was like, nah, it's cool. It just, it just surprised me a little, but it it's shouldn't. An, it's an internal problem. I have the means to take care of it, but <laughs> fuck, that's hilarious. And then that's go, a big bill. And then they have this giant chessboard out on the beach, like the kind where the pieces are like the size of a small human. Mm, nice. So I, I challenged her to chess, which is also something I'd never fucking play and I'm no good at. So we play, we have very drunken chess and we decided to open the Moe that night too. So we also drink the bottle of champagne <laughs> while playing chess. Ooh. And it starts out as this very competitive, this very fiercely competitive game of chess. <laughs> and I keep trying to like bait her. I'm like trying to be, I'm like, all right, I'm going to play some chess for real here. And I was like thinking like three and four moves ahead and like plotting out my course. And I kept trying to like bait her. I was like, all right, I need to get her to take that pawn. So I could put my bishop in there and get her in check. And she just wasn't taking any of it. And I was like, damn, we're like locked in this battle of strategy. <laughs> Meanwhile, you guys are just hammered and playing drunk checkers. (laughs) Yeah, I was just drunk chess. And I I finally get to this point, and I'm like, all right, I can't bait her. She won't take the bait. I was like, I need a different strategy. And I plan out like five moves ahead. And I'm like, I'm going to go here and here and here. And then it's going to be checkmate. Like, there's no way she's going to be able to get out of that. And she moves like one pawn. And I'm like, do you want to take that back? (laughs) <laughs> she's like no that's my move can pawns move backwards and I'm like, <clears throat> and I'm like I don't know I was like dude but I'll let you move it backwards if you want and she's like no I'm sticking with it and I'm like 
You just checkmated yourself. <laughs> Game over. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I was like, she took my five move strategy down to like two. And then we're like, all right, let's play again. And then I checkmated her in three moves. And I was <laughs> Nice. <laughs> I was like, this would feel good if it were for the fact that she is way too drunk to understand chess. <laughs> That's hilarious. She's like rolling in the grass and she's like, did you know I'm allergic to grass? And I'm like, get out of the grass then. And she's like, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Takes the takes the pride out of the victory it's a little. Jungle, jungle grass has got to be a little bit different than like our shitty grass, whatever we grow over here. I don't know. This was island grass. It seems similar. It was probably brought in. <laughs> but, oh, is it different? I don't. Know. I would imagine if you're allergic to grass here, you'd be allergic to grass on a Belizean island. But I feel like grass like here is not like grass that's like planted on a field is not necessarily native to the soil. So I'm thinking that native to the soil grass would be like a part of the general environment and maybe not an allergen. Maybe. I don't know if that sounds insane or not. I don't know. I don't know where my head went. I don't know. Anyway. (laughs) Nice. Well, fuck. Yeah. sounds like you had a goddamn Belizean blast. Mm hmm. It was unbelievable, <laughs> as the locals say. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and that's not a joke either. They all say that. Do they really? Oh. Yeah. All the, well, at least all the tour guides and the people who work in the resorts and stuff, they're like, can you believe it? <laughs> it's unbelievable. You better believe it. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yes. Oh, and uh, I have some of this to give you. But there's a, the pretty much, there's a hot sauce there called Marie Sharps that's on every fucking table everywhere you go, and it is hot as fuck, nice, super hot, like, like Respect. the kind of hot sauce you give people to be like, you think you can have some hot shit? Yeah, but they all eat it like it's nothing. Nice, nice. And one of our guides, the guide for the cave, he like breaks out a bottle when we're eating lunch. He's like, I don't know about you guys, but I like it hot. He's like. But you probably can't handle it. And we're like, uh-uh, we're from New Mexico. We can handle that shit. But still, it was at the upper tier of, like, my heat threshold. Oh. Yeah. Fuck, that's cool. It's other places, man. They know how to fucking... They know how to do hot shit. They don't know how to do chili, but they know how to do, like, hot shit. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, like, you can't go anywhere without finding Marie Sharps. It's literally on every table that exists in Belize. That's nice. Cool. It's almost like a mandatory law. Like, if you have a table, there better be Marie Sharps on <laughs> Nice. Anyway, I guess that's it. Should we wrap up? Andy, shut her down, son. Wrap in and wrap up, and let's uh, say bye to the jungle. Welcome to no say bye to the jungle. That's the <laughs> beginning. Um, thanks for listening. As always, uh, I think is this Happy New Year? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So the government is still shut down, and it probably still will be when you hear this. So that's crazy. Uh, you can find us where all podcasts are heard: iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud. 
um, slash well kept and un. I'm fucking this up. <laughs> You're doing a great job. <laughs> Please find and listen to us. All right. <laughs> Say goodnight, guys. Oh, Good night. I had an unbelievable time with you guys. <laughs> Good night, everybody. I'm Cole. Belize Navidad. By the way, Andy, if they're listening, they already found it. <laughs> oh, good call. Good call. All right. Yeah. You know, at Facebook slash well, 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 <laughs> whatever dog shit you trailed off into. Yes, perfect. All right. Thanks, guys. We'll see you soon. I've got the blues. I've got the blues, I've got the podcast over blues, no more laughs from this podcast, share the show and like us, listen and recite us, so long Andy, so long Cole, so long Dylan, it's time to go.